we're going back to school for a check-in. A year later, we're bringing back one teacher who is preparing to enter the classroom for a new school year with the COVID-19 pandemic and her own journey through cancer at the same time. On TV, we only get a few minutes to share each story. So I actually ended up, for my own sanity, I ended up going to the dollar store and making like little fine motor activity bins that I could drop off to all my students just so if I wasn't seeing them over the computer, I knew they had some materials to work with. But here, we get to tell you all the details about stories that are important to Greater Cincinnati. Don't have homecoming their senior year. Aren't sure they're gonna get a prom in the spring even. Like, are these juniors and seniors ever gonna get prom? I'm Stephen Albritton and this is WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. Today on the pod, you may remember Emily Chrisman, now Emily Masters, from our July 2020 podcast, Teachers and COVID-19. Emily was just finishing treatment for breast cancer and was getting ready to tackle a new school year, keeping herself safe while trying to keep her occupational therapy students in the Fairfield City School District on track through unprecedented times. She was also planning a wedding, coaching high school cheerleading, and finishing her cancer journey all at the same time. She even threw us an amazing curveball at the end of the pod. Here's my check-in with Emily Masters. So take us back to uh, the middle of 2020. We are a few months into all this and just kind of take us through that headspace and going into school and how everything went, um, you know, in as many or as few words as possible. Yeah. So as far as the breast cancer treatment, I was kind of done with all the heavy hitting stuff and kind of just like in a lull waiting for that next, um, like the okay for that next step to start. So that was pretty much under control, I guess you would say. And Fairfield was going into a, going into the school year with a, using a hybrid model. So we had group A was there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was for virtual. Um, so the teachers could prepare like virtual lessons for the opposite days. And then group B came on Thursday, Friday. Um, as far as my OT caseload, luckily I was able to schedule it worked out and was fairly evenly distributed that I could see all my in-person Monday, Tuesday kids on Monday, Tuesday, and all of my in-person Thursday, Friday kids on Thursday, Friday. So I was able to see all of my students that were at least coming two days a week in person, which was really, really nice. Um, and then I had, I had about actually maybe eight or nine students who were doing school virtually. And when I reached out to parents, I had about five respond that wanted to set up what we call in the therapy world, um, synchronous therapy sessions, which means the live, the zoom you're on with them. And then the other three or four just said, Hey, just send me activities over email. I can print them or send me ideas and we'll just do stuff like that at home. So I actually ended up for my own sanity, I ended up going to the dollar store and making like little fine motor activity bins that I could drop off to all my students. Just so if I wasn't seeing them over the computer, I knew they had some materials to work with. And if I was seeing them over the computer, I could say, oh, hey, grab this out of your bin. And I knew it was something that they had, that I had that we could at least do something with versus just kind of expecting them to have whatever, whatever was in their home. Um, which then actually led me to making, I made monthly packets that I would drop off at their houses. <laughs> so they had things to do when we were live and in person. And so I could share my screen, I could fill it in. I used, learned how to use the document camera and the 
you know, the writing on the whiteboard on Zoom. Uh, the good thing was I, I did learn a ton. I learned a ton about technology um, that now I feel like we take for granted because everything as far as in the Zoom world and Google Slides and Google Classroom seemed so new and intimidating that now it's like nothing. Um, but then Fairfield actually only stayed hybrid for the first quarter. And then they decided to go back five days in person at the elementary level from second through fourth quarter. And I mean, I know obviously COVID is very serious, but to have those kids in the building five days a week, like that really is what they needed, especially we have a high English language learner population. We have a high population of low socioeconomic status. So just having them in the building and knowing that they were, maybe some of them were in their safe space five days a week instead of just two was really comforting. And again, I just feel like what our, our kids at our building especially needed. I mean, all kids, of course, it's best to be in the classroom, but um, especially our kids. And again, especially those students with special needs because they, they have they have special needs, they have different ways of learning. And it's hard to articulate some of those things that you do automatically, whether you're an intervention specialist or a speech therapist, it's hard to articulate that over the screen or through an email when you're trying to support a kid that is on an IEP over email or over the screen. It's just not the same. So, and, and I'm sure the parents and the kids all appreciated the, the, the extra effort that you, you were putting in as an occupational therapist. And, and you mentioned you learned about a, a lot about the technology, but you had to learn a lot about yourself in that, too, because they don't you, you don't learn this stuff in college to go, you know, teach through a pandemic. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, it was just at, you knew everyone was going through it. And it was kind of like we kind of said when we had our first OT meeting back this year. Like you kind of look back and you're like, how did I even do that? Like, I don't even like remember half of, you know, you just kind of put your head down and barreled through and did what you had to do. And again, I think most teachers and related service members and special ed teachers would tell you principals included would tell you, you know, they do, they do what they do for the kids. And so when that's your focus, you kind of just again, you just do it. You don't really think about it. And again, we knew we were all in this same position. I mean, not just in Cincinnati or in Ohio, like across the nation and across the world, like everyone is going through this. So yeah, you just kind of like, I looked back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like how did I plan a month at a time every month and get these packets out? Like I like now I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even plan for like a week at a time. <laughs> like I feel so busy. So I really don't know how I, I truly don't exactly know how I did it last year, but it was kind of one of those things where it just had to be done. So you did it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the, and the kids are, are better for it for, with people like you going that extra mile to, you know, make the, the crates for them to get them the tools they need and the packets, which was, which was amazing. And so, and also when we first talked, you were in the middle of planning a pandemic wedding and got married right after we spoke. So on top of trying to prepare for these kids, how did you get through, you know, wedding season? I mean, it, it, we ran stories about people canceling and moving and postponing and, you know, how did you and your husband get through all that? So we decided 
early on, kind of in June, we were like, you know what? We are going to do it. We don't really want to reschedule. Also, because um, if anything, 2020 kind of taught us, you just have to live in the moment because you never know what's going to happen. And right now, I'm healthy. He's healthy. Um, you know, our invitations have gone out and we don't know where we might be. If we want to reschedule for August of 2021, we don't know where our parents might be. We both have older parents that, you know, anything could happen. And so we just really were basically like, we're going to be in this moment and we're going to do it. And we totally understand if people aren't comfortable or aren't able to fly in, Um, but we're just really going to appreciate the people that were there and know that, you know, know that people want to be there, but it just is, is what it is. And it's the circumstance of the timing. Um, and as I mentioned before, when we were chatting a little bit, Ohio put the mask mandate on, I think like a week before our wedding. And in one sense, it was like, oh my gosh, am I going to have to wear a mask walking down the aisle? Like that's going to look ridiculous. (laughs) But in the other sense, it was nice because no one had to worry about that expectation. You just knew that everyone was going to be wearing a mask. And so it worked out. We got married on August 1st. We only had one person test positive after the wedding, but we're pretty confident they didn't get it there. So, (laughs) so yeah. And she was actually a bridesmaid. So, um, (laughs) so yeah, we're all, you know, on the bus or whatever and having fun close by, but luckily no one else ended up testing positive after that. Um, she is also a nurse that works in a hospital. So Mm. there's a very good chance. She was one of those asymptomatic ones, um, or pre-symptomatic, I guess they say pre-symptomatic at the wedding and then ended up not feeling so hot afterwards, but she's doing well. Her family's doing well. And again, by the grace of God, everything worked out. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's wonderful to hear that. Now, as somebody who was, you know, finishing up, you know, breast cancer treatments, you guys went ahead with the wedding. There was, there still must've been a little bit of worry, just like, you know, you, you said you guys were feeling good, feeling healthy at the time, but there still had to bend that back of the head, you know, as back of your mind worry at some time. Yeah, there was a worry. And I think like I had requested that I had labs done just so I knew like my white blood cell count and like all of my like immune levels beforehand. Um, but my doctors knew and they were kind of like, no, you absolutely, this has kind of been the light at the end of the tunnel for this whole journey. So, you know, go for it. Obviously don't be reckless. And, um, I wore my mask at the reception as much as I could. Um, and we had a big outdoor area at the reception as well. So that was helpful. And again, yeah, I'm just thankful that thankful that all went well. I know there were lots of prayers going up, positive thoughts for for that day to go off without a hitch. So, so yeah, it, again, thankfully it, it all worked out and we're happy that we did it. So yeah, a, a pandemic wedding. I'm, I'm sure you guys will look back at the on the pictures and everything a few years from now, heck, even today, and be like, "Wow, that 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 happened," and, and we all got through it. So on top of everything 
there, you know, you, you're teaching these kids, you're helping them out with occupational therapy, you're getting wedding, you're getting married, but then you're also this cheerleading coach. So you have an old, a whole nother group of kids to worry about, you know, heading into the school year that was 2020 going into 2021. You know, how did, how do you adjust that? I mean, as, as a former cheerleader and cheerleading coach myself, I understand, you know, the close proximity you need to have for this, but for you, you know, what did you tell the kids? What were the meetings like with parents and how did you uh, keep them all safe? The biggest thing with the parents and with the girls was as soon as I know something, you'll know something. I, you know, obviously everyone wants to know what's going on and everyone wants to know what the schedule is going to look like. And everyone wants to know if, you know, our fans going to be allowed. Well, I don't, I don't know yet. As soon as I know, you will know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, I would get these same questions and I'm like, I promise you, if I know the answer, you will know it too, because I will share it with you. So it was kind of just some of those, like the logistical questions, the scheduling questions that I just kind of had. And I'm a scheduled person and I'm a routine person and I like knowing what's coming next and, you know, what's on my calendar. So that was a challenge for me as well. And so I think I just had to kind of be the example and handle it with some poise and some grace. So that way, um, these poor high schoolers that are in the midst of this and just, just trying to cope with not only the pandemic, but being in high school and everything that goes along with that as well. Um, luckily I think Loveland only ended up having maybe two games canceled due to too many quarantines. We had one game where the, it was in Kentucky and the cheerleaders didn't or couldn't, weren't allowed to go because it was across state lines. Um, but really we made the best of it and we tried to do some fun things that we hadn't done in the past to kind of make up for, you know, there was no homecoming parade. There was no homecoming. There was no, um, little or youth cheer night. We did still get to have senior night. They actually did senior night. Um, which I thought this was a great idea. They did senior night, like the second or third home game. So that way, you know, God forbid we had to cancel our last five games or something. They still got that moment. And I have to credit my seniors that I had too. I had seven of them. They handled it all so well. And I think they were a great example to the younger athletes. And even when the seniors weren't around, like I would try to tell the younger athletes, like, just remember this is one year and you still have other years to go. So like, please just try to help make this the best season you can for those seniors that, you know, had prom taken away from them last year, don't have homecoming their senior year, aren't sure they're going to get a prom in the spring, even like, are these juniors and seniors ever going to get prom? So it was a lot of navigating that and just really like being encouraging and reminding them too, that the coaches are there for them because, you know, we understand that being a teenager is hard when it's not COVID and pandemic times. And we just really wanted them to reach out if they, you know, just were down in the dumps a little bit or struggling or needed anything. So mm -hmm. and, and, we did and, a couple virtual competitions. That was, that was interesting. Um, I, I don't know that I will do that again, even if it's an option, <laughs> I'd probably rather just not compete. Um, but yeah, again, we made it fun. We did what we had to do. We still got to do our conference championships at Milford high school at the end of January. So that was fun for them. So 
as far as competitive goes, you know, we still got to do some, some fun things. Yes. To keep it as, as close to normal as you possibly could. Um, back to the girls, you know, you mentioned you, you um, were trying to be there for them and have the younger kids kind of, you know, make it the best season possible. Cause it was, you know, a world of cancellations. Did what? What was those conversations like from the seniors? Did they take advantage of that? Were there there questions? Were there breakdowns? How did you guys kind of get through? You know, all of that. You know, as a team, because it, it you went through a lot of it with so many cancellations and changes. There had to have been some rough moments. Like, why are we even doing this? Yeah, and honestly, I feel like they just from the start were like, we are just going to be in every moment that we do get. And we're going to have as much fun as possible, even though they didn't need, like, there was no student section either. I mean, when you're a cheerleader and you don't have a student section, like that's really rough. But again, I just feel like they were, they were really good about, we're just happy that we still get to cheer. We're happy we get to be here with, you know, the other 12 or 14 girls that were on the team. Um, I, I just don't even know how to explain it. They were just so good about just embracing and being appreciative of the moment that they had and the games that they had and the events that they did get to do. Um, like instead of the homecoming parade, they did end up letting the football team drive through on like a fire truck or something like from somewhere to the high school for one game. And the cheerleaders heard about it and they're like, Hey, can you please talk to so-and-so like, can we please be on that? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I will absolutely figure that out for you. And we were able to get the seniors on the truck with the senior football players. So like, that was something that they got to do that the other, like no other senior trailer has ever gotten to do. So even though they didn't get the homecoming parade, they still got that unique special moment. So it was just little things like that, that we really tried to, um, to make a big deal about. And again, I just, I can't credit them enough for how good they were about just being like, so grateful for what they did have. And it, it was really pretty special to see. Yeah. It sounds like they did a lot of growing up right before your eyes very, very quickly. Um, that, the entire season, which is awesome. So, uh, you know, we, we, we touched on your uh, breast cancer diagnosis and your treatment, you know, through COVID though, you know, you, you are, had some surgeries, you know, to kind of finish up your journey as you called it with breast cancer going into it. I think you said you had what, your first surgery earlier this year in what, March or May. So my very first one was March, 2020, like a week after like hospitals were like shutting down and like everything. And then my second one was a year later in March, 2021. So take, take us through, you know, we had just come out of our winter surge earlier this year and you were going back to the surgery while being in person at school, while coaching, you were allowed around a lot of people and going into an environment where they're still treating six people, sick people, you know, how did you handle that? What was your mindset going into it? How did you prepare yourself to, you know, finish your journey while still having all this outside noise going on as well? You know, I wore my mask, I washed my hands and I just tried to do, you know, stay distant. I tried to do those little things to protect myself, but also in that same breath, I was thankful that I, I was going to school in person and I did still have cheerleading because that kept my life fairly normal through all of it. Um, and my 
surgery in March, 2021, I was able to have one guest. So my husband was able to, um, not be in the pre-surgery or post-surgery, but he was able to come up to my room because I knew I was going to be staying the night after, uh, that surgery. And that was, I really think back and that one was pretty intense. That, that middle one was probably the most intense one as far as pain goes and just having a really hard time, like sitting up or rolling over, um, or getting out of the bed just to walk to the bathroom. So without him there for that one, I, I, I don't even know, like, again, I can't even fathom that. So I, I knew he was going to be able to be there. Um, I knew the nurse by that time, actually two people had started getting vaccinated. So I was feeling pretty comfortable going into the hospital setting, knowing that most people at the hospital or workers at the hospital were, had already been vaccinated almost on most of them, probably fully vaccinated at that point. Um, even with the, the two shots and the, uh, like the two week waiting period or whatever. So, yeah, so it was, it was, it was different, but it was also, I really don't remember feeling too uncomfortable other than, you know, your typical pre-surgery jitters. You're always a little bit like, Oh, what's going to happen. But again, I, I, this whole time have just really appreciated my doctors and I've just been so thankful. And I just feel like, I just put so much trust in them that it's made this experience a lot easier. So. Oh, that's amazing. Have you taken those moments to process the past 18 months? I mean, we just touched on so much in the last 20 minutes or so, but have you sat down to really take it all in yet? Um, I think so. And again, it's kind of all a book all a blur, um, between getting diagnosed and then the pandemic hitting. And it's, it's crazy to think too, that in a couple of weeks in October, it'll be two years since I've been diagnosed. And it's like, wait a minute, where did those, where, where did that time go? Um, but it's kind of, what do they say? The days are long, but the weeks are short or the years are short or the years go fast. And I just really feel like that's what it is because in that moment, especially when like my hair was falling out and I was, you know, trying to hang on to as much of it as I could, like, you're just in this, like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing. But then you look back and you're like, gosh, that was really only three or four months of my life. Like, but at that time it was just everything. And so I think I have taken time to really like process. And I, I mean, I don't want to say enjoy talking about it, but I, I don't like, I, I like sharing my story and I hope that, you know, sharing my story and just being grateful for how kind of positive I was able to stay with my, like between the support systems that I had and just my faith and everything. Um, I guess I just hope I can, you know, maybe share that with other people. And I don't know, maybe help them out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, even when we spoke a year ago, you just seemed so upbeat about the situation, even going into so many unknowns, you know, your wedding, how you're going to teach these kids virtually and then hybrid then fully in person. It just always seemed like you had this positivity about it. Like, you know, I'm here now, I'm in this moment. Let me make the best of it. Yeah. And I've definitely gotten better at that for sure. I don't think you know, even five years ago, um, you know, mid to late twenties, I would have been able to say the same thing, but I think just that kind of time period of my life, even before all this, 
kind of really did prepare me for what was coming as far as, you know, trying to take it one step at a time and one moment at a time and just be incredibly grateful um, and try to continue to focus on those positive things. So I think that really prepared me for what was coming, unfortunately, fortunately or unfortunately. Right. So, yeah. So we, we've talked about what's, what's happened. So what's, what's the future look like, like for you? I mean, we're a couple months into a school year now. I'm sure the kids enjoy having you right there, but you know, what, what, what's next for you? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Um, school year has been, well, I mean, even just you and I trying to connect via email, it would be like a week and a half. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't responded. So like the beginning of the school year, the beginning of football season has just been just jam packed, like, and all in a good way, but just go, go, go nonstop back to back. Um, you know, the beginning of the year is always crazy trying to figure out your schedule and where kids are at this time and where you need to take them when you're done and getting things ready for football season. And then our youth night, it stormed and the power went out at the stadium. So like all of those things are rescheduled. So it's just kind of like, you do kind of just have to sit back and laugh. Um, but actually this does remind me. So my EKU sweatshirt here, um, as if I didn't have enough on my plate in January, I actually decided after I had a OT student as like my intern that I mentored for 12 weeks, I actually decided to go back to EKU and I am actually currently working on my doctorate in occupational therapy. So I know like, what was I thinking? (laughs) It's, um, I don't, again, I'm just like, just throw it on my plate. It's fine. I'll figure it out. It's fine. Yeah. Um, No. So actually, um, I realized I really enjoy the mentoring aspect, especially with my high schoolers as well. So I think my long-term career goal, I don't plan on leaving the schools really anytime soon, but eventually I think I'd maybe like to work for a university and have that one of those positions where you get to work with the students when they're basically in their student teaching or in their, um, we call it field work in the OT world. So in their field work placements, and I just think that's what I would really like to do. And apparently I thought now was as good a time as I need to get started. So I started that in January and I'll be done in May of 2023. Okay. So almost two years ago, you were diagnosed with breast cancer, pretty much beat it about four months later as we're going into a, in the middle of a pandemic plan a pandemic wedding as you're trying to go back to school virtually with a bunch of occupational therapy students, get your reconstruction therapy while you're in person, still in the middle of a pandemic, but while you're deciding, hey, let me throw a doctorate on my plate there as well. Did I miss anything? Like, is there anything else you want to do? Do you have like a superwoman cape that I'm, I'm missing here? <laughs> oh, you're making me blush. And again, like saying it out loud like that, it really does sound ridiculous. And it really doesn't sound like I should have been able to do that. But again, I, I, I really just try to take everything one day at a time and just, you know, now is as good a time as any. So that's what I try to tell myself, (laughs) even through a couple of uh, overwhelming stressful breakdowns that I've already had this school year, you know, (laughs) it'll, the sun always comes out the next day and 
we could try again. <laughs> well, after the, the pandemic that we're still fighting through, I mean, you're going to rock it out because um, that's exactly what you're doing. Emily, uh, thank you so much for taking a few minutes for us. We definitely appreciate uh, hearing your story and uh, hearing how you and everybody around you has overcome so much. It's a, a really awesome update to hear. Thank you so much. It was so good to see you again. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This has been WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. I'm Stephen Albritton. Thanks for listening. Accuracy. It matters in everything you do. Your GPS needs to be accurate. Take a left on third. Your taxes need to be accurate. And your dentist needs to be accurate. You choose accuracy every day. And for an accurate forecast, choose WLWT Weather. It's the only forecast in Cincinnati independently certified most accurate. Nine years in a row and counting. Accuracy does matter. Choose accuracy. Choose WLWT Weather.